Today, I want to talk to you about the ugly side of freedom, which is understanding the power to break bondages in our lives. And uh, this message actually is for not the strong, but the saved. This message is totally for the saved. And I just want to say today, if you've come into this place, you may have been invited here. You may um, have visited a couple of times. First of all, you are so welcome. But second of all, what you're experiencing today is the presence and the power of God. Even though these people are so talented, there was something here today that's beyond talent. It's anointing. It is God animating them to worship him, to reveal him, to sing to him. It is his literal presence here and in them and upon them. And so today I just want to, um, if you're visiting but you don't know Christ as your Savior, if there has never been a time where you have bent your knee to God and said, Lord, forgive me, I'm a sinner. And Lord, I want change. And I know only you can change me. I'm at a place, Lord, where I am not happy with myself. I'm not happy with anything around me. I want you to know that you have been, he has brought you here to hear the good news that he is a God who saves us from our sin, that he forgives us, that he changes us from the inside out, that he is not condemning us, but he is saying that I want you for myself. I want you to be whole inside. I want you to be forgiven. Know what it is to be cleansed. Know what it is to be fully accepted by God, your father. And so today, if you say, I need a new life, I need the darkness within me to be lit up by the light of God, that I may understand him, that I may know what it is to live at peace with him. It can happen to you today. You, you simply say, Lord Jesus, I want you. Forgive me. Make me your child. Enter me and change me and let me live for you. And I tell you, beloved, he will answer that prayer. He will change you. He will. It's not just he doesn't add anything to your life. He literally comes into your life. And he who is light and life and love comes in and makes you a new person. He gives you a new mind and a new spirit. So this message is for those that have done that. This message is for those that are consider themselves saved and you don't have to stay outside of this relationship that God himself offers to you through Jesus Christ. And so uh, you at any time can go, Lord, I want that. What they're talking about, what they're singing about, I want you. You can do that anytime and we'll also make time for you later today uh, at the end of this message where we can pray a prayer with you. So having said that, um, I'm just so delighted that this three o'clock service in 2018, of course, as you know, is a teaching service. And the purpose of this service is that you can um, keep, take notes and keep notes. So uh, there is amazing preaching in this church. You just come any Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and you will hear from God. And you will be changed and touched. Yes, amen. You come any six o'clock and you will hear of people testifying what God has done in their life and how he has changed them. And you will hear messages of um, how to walk with God. And But this three o'clock one is 
more and more being designed that you can come and you can take notes so that you don't, uh, you can go back and just read your notes and sort of remember again what the teaching was about. It's something that you can um, refer to and get the value of the teaching without listening to the tape again. Go ahead uh, to the tape. <laughs> yeah. This is not blonde, it's white. And uh, so that's how old I am. But um, yes, without listening again online. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Okay. Let's begin by praying. Lord Jesus, we welcome you here. We thank you, O oh God, that you have honored us by your presence. I pray now that, Holy Spirit, you would light up these scriptures and teach us. I pray, God, you would give us ears to hear you. I pray, O oh God, you would give us hearts to follow and obey it. I thank you for a living word now. I thank you, Holy Spirit, you've come to be our teacher. Lord, let it fall on good ground, O oh God. May it bring a fruit into our lives, a harvest into our lives, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Most of the scriptures I'll be using will be coming up on the screen. I want to start by saying, if you are a believer in Christ, you have two natures dwelling in you. You are one person with two natures. A nature, what I'm referring to here, is a believer, these two natures that this person has. A nature is what is expressed, and it shows its origin. For example, the nature of a lion is to be ferocious, ferocity. The nature of a vulture is to scavenge. The nature of a lamb is to be gentle. And that nature is, is in it. It's how it acts, how it responds. And that nature is determined, of course, through origin, where it comes from. But the interesting thing to me, referring to a lion, you know, people talk about a lion tamer. And that word tamer makes me smile because if, if it's tamed, why does the lion tamer need a whip and a chair? And why does a lion tamer never turn its back on the lion? Because the lion will be a lion in or out of a cage. That's its nature. And the believer, a saved person, a person who's trusted Christ, who now the power of God lives in them by the power of the Holy Spirit, they have two natures that differ in origin. The Apostle Paul, who is an exemplary Christian, who was a powerful Christian, I would even want to say he was a one-of-a-kind Christian, knew that in him was two natures. And it says, um, says, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwells no good thing. For to will is present with me. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would do, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. And even though this is a strong Christian, a Christian that wrote the New Testament, he himself is bearing witness that within him, a totally saved leader in the Christian faith were these two natures. And um, no Christian is exempt from the presence of two natures in their lives. So what are these two natures? Well, the first nature was received at our physical birth. It is our fallen nature. It is the nature to sin. It is, the, it is where that 
our, our obsession with ourselves and being selfish and self-focused comes from. It is a corrupted nature. It is opposed to God in every way. This nature was inherited from Adam and Eve, and every human being has this nature. Of course, a human being is capable of good works, but the, don't be deceived and don't think that some good works mask a corrupted core. In the Old Testament, the people of God were given a set of rules and regulations to follow in order to please God. And the whole purpose of that was to bring them to the point of saying, my good works and what I do to hopefully please God. So at the end of my life, my good outweighs my bad. I hope that's what can give me a relationship with God. And the whole Old Testament was to show that no one could keep all the rules and regulations. No one could live by trying to be good in themselves and please God. And the whole conclusion of the Old Testament is we need a savior. We need someone to save us from ourselves. And the names in the old in the Bible for when it's referring to this first nature that our physical nature that we received at our natural birth um, the Old Testament, uh, the Bible can call that, refer to that nature as the old man, as the flesh, as the outward man, as the carnal man. So when you're reading the New Testament, there will be many different ways to express this first nature, the one we received at our physical birth. But then there's a second nature when we're Christians that also we have, and that nature is received at our spiritual birth. And that new nature is the nature of God himself. A believer is indwelt by the spirit of God. And because God lives in us, this transformation is evident as we are moved from darkness to light. A profound play, uh, thing takes place in the life of an ordinary man or woman because we become the dwelling place of God. We are forgiven. We... This second nature is wholly good. It is God himself. It is uncorrupted. It is undefeated by evil. And it can never be overcome by evil. And the names in the Bible for this second nature that we receive as believers is the spirit, the inward man, or the new man. And there will be a continual conflict between the old natures, between the old nature and the new nature, all the days of our Christian walk. Now, of course, God is fully capable of saving us and pitchforking us into heaven if he wanted it to happen that way. He could save us and if we go to heaven and there's no struggle, there is no conflict, there is no battle. But beloved, and in that case, we would be instantly pure instantly uncorrupted but beloved and and he could save us and even on this earth walking this earth we could become instantly pure and instantly uncorrupted in in the way of the way we live our life our practice but beloved that's our future that's what happens in heaven that's what we're destined to be that's what is happening the best is yet to come we are destined for a throne to rule and reign forever with Christ. But our present, and the Lord is perfect 
in all his ways. He is perfect. So this plan that he has outlined is perfect. It will bring him glory. It, we will impact our generation. We will push back the darkness as Christians, when we go into the word and understand what is God's dealing with us as we walk this earth in our present. So there will never be a time that we will not be at war or struggle with these two natures. The scripture says in Galatians 5, for the flesh lusts against the spirit. Now that's King James and to put it more in everyday language, it means the flesh or our old nature that we were talking about. That's one of the names that refers to our old nature. Lust, that means a fierceness or an anger in this case. For the flesh or our old nature, in fierceness and anger, wars against the spirit. And the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary or these are opposites, the one to the other. So they are complete contrast, complete opposites to each other. And these two natures, the old nature and the new nature that are at war, at the same time, they are not equal forces. The spirit of God in us, of course, he is greater. He cannot be overcome by evil. He will not be defeated by evil. And even though we have two natures that war in us, we know who the victor will be. As far, you know, the enemy who is the originator of our evil first nature, our sin nature, he's a created being. Up against, in our hearts, in our spirits, the creator, the Lord God, maker of heaven and earth, everything seen and unseen. It is an unequal contest that is happening in us. Now, it's important to know that this old nature, the one that we were born with, human nature, the sin nature, it cannot be changed. It cannot be bargained with. It cannot be transformed. It cannot be reformed. It cannot be made better. It can't be made to play nice. This, this old nature will always be what it will be all the days of our life in us. And that's why some Christians are deceived because they will feel like they have walked with Christ for a time and they have known um, a release of freedom. And then all of a sudden, it's like this old tendency to sin, these old passions, these old desires all of a sudden rise up again. And they can grow discouraged and they go, oh, I, I thought I had dealt with that. I thought that was in my past. I, I, I thought that I wouldn't have to face this again. And sometimes believers can be disappointed in their self and think, you know, I, I thought I was beyond that. I thought I had, you know, I know enough. I, you see, it, you can't intellectualize away the old nature. It will always be evil. And they get disappointed in themselves thinking I was way beyond that. But even the Apostle Paul in Philippians said, I have not attained or I'm not already perfect. I'm not perfect, he says, but I press on. Now, why would he say that? First of all, he's not ashamed to admit it. He's not ashamed to say, you know what? I am all that and more. No, he's saying <clears throat> there are areas, that there is a nature I still struggle with, but I'm not discouraged. He said, I press on. 
because he had an understanding how to break strongholds. It was revealed to him, which he wrote in the New Testament, that are for our edification, that we may follow him as he followed the Lord. And he had an incredibly fruitful life. He had a life where the Spirit of God led him, where the Spirit of God spoke to him, where the Spirit of God gave him victory. And this is, about, this is what I want to share, what the Apostle Paul has given us to understand about breaking strongholds in our life. He clearly says that we are given the power to die to our sin nature. We are given the power to die to our sin nature. Our sin doesn't die. We are given power to die to it. As a corpse in his casket can no longer satisfy his fleshly desires, they die with him. We are given the same supernatural power to say in Christ, I am dead to the passions of this nature, this sin nature. Paul says, I die daily. I die daily. It wasn't a one thing that he decided this is what I'm going to do and that should about cover it. I just need to say it once. It's like when you first get married and say, well, I told her I loved her at the altar. I'd never have to say it again. Does not work that way. (laughs) There's a believer here. A married man. No, he said, I die daily. You know, when we look at his life, he could have said, I should be consumed with anger at the Jews because of the way they treat me, the way they reject me, the way they reject my Christ, but I'm giving my life for them. He said, I should hate the Roman government, but I gladly agree to witness to their rulers in chains for their sakes and the glory of God. He could have said, I agree to follow God, even though it leads me in perils and beaten by rods and imprisoned. No, in order to do that, he said, I die daily to my anger, to my hatred, to my selfishness, to my laziness. I die daily because I am given the power in Christ to die daily. In fact, it even gets better than that. Paul says in Romans 6, how shall we who are dead to sin live any longer there? How shall we who are dead to sin? It's not that I hope one day I'll be dead to sin. It's not that I would like to be dead to sin. It's not that I wish I could be dead to sin. No, he says, this is the fact. If I am in Christ, I am given the power and I am literally dead to sin. Now, beloved, many times we have not experienced that because a we did not know that, that that is our inheritance and our right in Christ to die to that first nature because he who is greater lives in us and he gives us that power to die to sin. I am dead, Paul said, not that I hope to be, but I am dead. You know, a lot of times we have a really bad week and if you're a young Christian, you might even wonder, am I still saved? The answer is absolutely yes, because the relationship is not dependent on how I'm doing. The relationship is dependent on Christ, how he chose to save me, that he chose to give himself a sacrifice, to be a sacrifice for my sin, that through his death, I might live. But then there comes a point he said, no, I'm going, it's going to be even better than that. You're going to follow me into this death. I'm going to give you the power as I died 
to sin, you, for your sin. I'm going to give you the power to die to your sin. And that fellowship with me is going to draw you so close to me. You have and I have the power to be dead to ruling passions of the nature of our original first nature. The Bible says, reckon yourself or conclude that you are dead to sin. In other words, accept this prevailing truth. You are dead to sin that wants to rule and control you. Because without me in your life, that's how you were ruled. That's how we were controlled. Is it not true? We had no power over our sin. The minute we were offended, the minute we were, we were jealous, the minute we lusted, we had no control. It took us places it wanted to take us. But evidence that God is in us and he has brought his life, which will never be defeated by equal to evil. He makes this declaration. You are dead to sin. Now I want you to take that truth, combine it with your faith, leave out the feelings at times. And I want you to begin to reckon or consider or believe that what I have given you, part of your inheritance, is the ability to die to the passions of that sin nature. It is yours. It is mine. And as we begin to um, reason that, it begins to have an amazing influence and effect because it's true. And the scripture says that we are made free by the truth. And we can be trained in this because who is our new nature? And it's an undefeated Christ who loves us, who is compassionate with us. We live under a canopy of mercy. So while we're learning this great truth and appropriating for ourselves, even though there can be seasons of failure or frustration, the scripture says, even though a good man falls seven times, yet he will rise because of the greatness of who is in us. The depth of our forgiveness, the incredible mercy that will continually be extended to us. And in his gentleness, in his kindness to us, we will be turned from sin. We will see that we actually have dominion over our sin. We will actually see we can rise by the faith of what God tells us should be true. And we can find out it is true. Jesus said, I don't come to condemn you. I came to give you power to tread over scorpions and serpents and every power of the enemy. I came to trample over the lie where he says you and I are defeated. I give you power to die to that first nature because a supernatural nature, me, my life lives in you. You know, beloved, some people, they can go to websites, that website starts calling them and they feel powerless before it. And it's as if nothing is changing in their lives. It's like it's a siren call that they cannot refuse. But the scripture says, stop, reckon and consider that greater is he that is in you. And by that very act, instead of being robot-like, responding to that place, it's all of a sudden you stop and you go, no, here is what Jesus said. Here is what the Bible says, that I am dead to sin, so why am I going to live in it when I have the power to put it under my feet? And I start to consider that. And beloved, even just the act of pausing, stopping, and saying, God, help me. 
God, make this truth alive in me. Let me know the power of this truth that is able to set me free, that makes me free. Beloved, first of all, right off the bat, when the devil's trying to say nothing has changed, just let me say everything is changing. Everything is changing because first, where you just automatically went that place, you have stopped. And in that stopping and considering the truth, you have already started to pray. You've already started to pray. In considering this truth, all of a sudden, a cry in your spirit for freedom comes. And the word that says, deliverance is the children's bread. I have come to feed your spirit. I have come to quicken you with truth. I am greater than the darkness. I am the light of your life. I am the light of the world. And I am undefeated. I went to a cross to break the power of sin in your life. And if you will look up now, call on my great name, where everything must bow before the power of my great name. You've not just moved into prayer, but you've moved into praising him and declaring him greater and you will find a hunger for him and his word will come into your soul he will make a way of escape you see the devil is the accuser of the brethren he is our adversary and he lives to expose us he lives to oppose us he is the father of lies but the thing is sooner or later he crosses a line sooner or later he oversteps himself When he says, God God doesn't care for me. God is ashamed of me. God is far off from me. No, beloved, we call on his great name and we find out we are no longer under the undisputed control of sin. We find out we are no longer under the undisputed control of sin. We've every once in a while, he just pushes us too far. Every once in a while, we realize, no, I don't have to do this because the word lives in me and he will make this word come alive. If you are in this word, this is the word that will come alive. This, you have to have something to have more. Yeah, that's a spiritual principle. You have to have something to have more. So we have to be in this word because this is a sword that runs him through. This is a sword that is able to defeat him. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, the Lord says, I will enable you and I will empower you because we who are in Christ, we are dead to sin, that we don't have to live there any longer. We are dead to sin. And I just love that absolute declaration of truth that Paul declares because he experienced it. Because that word dead, I mean, seriously, what can the devil do with that word dead? You know, if someone is dead, declaring themselves dead to that influence at that moment and trusting Christ to arise and be that enabling and that empowering, the devil can't tempt a dead man. The devil can't deceive a dead man. The devil can't argue with a dead man. The devil can't flatter a dead man. No, I'm telling you, it's the ultimate check, checkmate to how the devil operates. It's the only way he operates is to deceive us, flatter us, overpower us, argue with us. No, but when we say, Lord, I, 
I thank you that your word is greater than the lie of the devil. And you say that I am dead to sin. And I'm not going to hope at this point and wish. I'm going to believe that I am crucified with Christ. I am crucified. And maybe I have never exercised this power before. Maybe I have never reckoned myself or counted myself at this very moment dead. We may be in the storm of all the feelings of it. We may be in the storm of all the passions of it. That's okay. They're just feelings. You know what? Feelings doesn't pull the train forward. Faith and facts, then feelings. Feelings is the caboose. Feelings is just along for the ride. It doesn't matter what our feelings say because there is a higher truth that's able to set us free. Our feelings, as we well know, do not set us free. Nothing wrong with feelings, but don't live your life on the fuel of them because it's just the fumes of life. It's not life. We live by faith. We live by the word of God. Every word that is spoken is true and it has the power to destroy darkness in us. And some of us never knew when we were in the grip of feelings and passions, whether they be hatred or anger, that there was in some ways a shortcut through it all. There's nothing wrong with self-help books to a point, but there is a greater path to freedom. And it says, reckon yourself dead. Count yourself dead in Christ. At that moment, call on my name and you will see what I can do with this first, this nature that is in you and is in conflict with me. I don't ever lose a battle. I don't ever lose a battle. I cannot be defeated. I cannot be defeated. I cannot be overcome by evil. Either this is true, beloved, or it's not. And the power I think of, of, uh, what God is going to do in the earth today is that you and I are going to become Christians who are in this book where we cannot be deceived out of our inheritance and out of our truth that we are made free by. The scripture says in Romans 8, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus and Christ Jesus in me has made me free. Has made me free. From the law of sin and death. Where there is a law of sin and death operating into me because I, because I have a sin nature. And we're not going to be surprised by it. All of us battle it. But Paul is saying, but you know what to do with it now. Because I have lived in the power of this. That's why I was able to do what I was able to do in my life. Is that I learned the secret of bondage being broken in my life. That I believed God's word to me. And I rose and he was faithful to me. He was merciful to me. He was kind to me. He covered me. He broke up the depths of things. Where I used to beat on my chest and condemn myself. Where I used to try to make promises and say, God, I hate myself. Help me for this anger. Help me for this bitterness. Help me for this. Help me for the lusts that rule me. And God is saying, no, you see, if I am in you, you have crucified these things. I want you to rise now and be a, a believer. And be a believer in my word and in my work. Beloved, Jesus doesn't just defeat the devil. He defeats the devil and frees us. He's not content just to defeat him. He defeated him on the cross. 
We are no longer held accountable for our sin. We are forgiven. It's not imputed. He gives us a gift of of holiness. He gives us, he imputes no wrong to us. It goes to his account because he's the savior of the world. He saves us from our sin. And while we are learning that we do not have to be controlled anymore by a foreign power, by a demon power, by the passions of our first nature, while we're learning this, he says, I will be patient with you, but I want you to start calling on my great name and finding out today how great that name is. I want you to start calling out today to believe that word. That the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus in me, that is greater than any death the enemy brings, has made me free from the law of sin and death. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus doesn't just defeat the devil. He defeats the devil and frees us. That's why he's so amazing. That's why actually people want the life we have. Because we go from glory to glory and strength to strength when we are trusting him for our freedom. The freedom he died to give us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I, this uh, message is called The Ugly Side of Freedom. And... Uh, why I thought, you know, it might be called the ugly side of freedom is because, you know, as it's actually admitting that there is a conflict within us and it will be till we're taken home. And this can sound almost depressing, like, oh my goodness, this was, I, thought, I came here to hear good news. Here's the ugly side of this truth, <laughs> which I actually think has a lot to recommend it. If we did not experience this conflict inside of us, all it could mean is maybe we are not saved. The conflict, the, the conscience that's alive and quickened where it never used to be before is evidence God in you and God with you. Evidence of what God wants to do and is doing in you. If we know little of this conflict, maybe the old nature and all its subtleties and deceitfulness has the upper hand. If we know little of this conflict and we quickly shove it down or push it away, maybe we have walked with our sin nature in closer way than we should because there is so little conflict. For when the new nature, which is the spirit of Christ in us, asserts himself, when he rises in all his glory, when he rises in all his uncorruptibility, the old nature is sure to rise up and fight. The old nature will be sure to try to assert itself and take back the ground. Beloved, the evidence of the conflict is the evidence that you and I are saved, that you and I are engaged in the right fight, that Christ is anxious in the sense of desiring to set us free. Because the Holy Spirit only reveals what he wants to heal. God is not doing this to condemn us, far be it. He gave his life that you and I could be free from this. And our testimony is dependent that we get free. So we are made free. That's how, that is our 
position in Christ, that's our privilege in Christ, we are already made free. And we have been given the power to be crucified with Christ. These passions, this first nature, shall not have dominion over us. That's what a Christian is. Now, there's conflict. There is times failure. There's times stress. There is times a struggle. But it's all evidence. It is all evidence that God will, it's, it's a way of making us dependent on his power and on his life. He will be faithful to us. And we don't have to live like as a healed, uh, sort of, no, a crippled saint, you know, never really healed. We just cripple along with Christ, but no real nature change in major areas of our lives. And people go, well, if that's a Christian, now, I know that's an excuse for a lot of people that they go just, no, it's just all hypocrites that go to church. And we all know hypocrites are everywhere. But how can they argue with transformation? How can they argue, beloved? And I want to say even in some areas of our life, what we were this morning, we do not have to be at three o'clock service because Christ is in us. Christ is for us. Christ is with us. He did not back away from death that we could be free. We will not be back away from his pattern of freedom, which we will be given power. We will be enabled to die to that sin. We are dead. We have to rise and claim that ground. We have to rise and believe it. We have to rise and say, this is who I am in Christ Jesus. And we will put the feelings under our feet. We will put the lies under our heel. We will crush the mouth of the serpent because as we love to say, here. The devil is all mouth and that's all he's got. So if you crush his mouth, you have crushed his ability to lie to us and deceive us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So beloved, the ugly side of freedom is yes, there will be conflict. The amazing side of freedom is someday we're going to love to do what we should be doing. That is the freedom he offers. But beloved, I believe it's for today. You know, in my Christian walk too long, I, I struggled and put up with things and I was like deceived. It was like I had an answer for everything. I had a, a, an argument to hide behind. And one day, I don't know, I just the light came. It was probably in the presence of God during a worship service and listening to the preachers, but the light came to me. This is not me. This is not of me. How long do you want to walk in that darkness for. And it's like, but Lord, you know all the reasons and you know how long I've walked with it. I wouldn't even know who I am if I gave it up. I said, well, you'll be more like me. And you know what? <laughs> you know what? I said, that's right. You know what? I am this. I could with Paul say, I'm not ashamed of it. I have, and we all have a sin nature. We all have the old man who wants to assert himself all the days of our life. And we're not going to be deceived when that old man pushes through, that old nature pushes through and demands its rights. But I found out that it was like, I don't like you. I don't like this. And it was like, you know what? I am just going to say, Jesus, forgive me. Jesus changed me. And every time those thoughts come, every time this thing in my heart rises, I'm not giving it any place. It's like, no, you know, shout all you want. I'm deaf. I'm going to be deaf to it. Because you know what? You're not truth. 
And I will not be made free. I will stay entangled and that will not glorify Christ. But it came to me that, and I was all prepared, you know, I was going to have to wrestle and, you know, battle your way. I tell you, the minute I exposed that thing, it's like it, it lessened its hold. And every time the voice would come back, it's like it got fainter and weaker. It didn't trouble me. I can say, like, I can say Christ has made me free in this area of my life. And I was deceived for so long into thinking it had to be part of me. I didn't know anything else. But I should have known what the scripture says. I am dead. Reckon yourself dead to sin, but alive to Christ. Be alive in him. That is our portion. So, hallelujah. It's 4.30. It's time. (laughs) It's time to bring this a close, and I don't mean my message. It's time to bring this thing to a close. You know, when the enemy puts up a fight, when the enemy again says, I can rule these passions, I can rule and dominate you in this old nature. I just want to say to you, beloved, this is so important why you read the Bible. You don't read the Bible to put a timesheet in and be able to say, I checked in with God. Aren't I good? I'm a, I'm a wonderful Christian. I read my Bible today. No, you, could, you and I could read this Bible from cover to cover and never change. And all the time did our devotions. No. The Bible says, do not be conformed to this world. Because the Bible, the world wants us to conform to its evil, its impurities, its defiling. That's what the world wants us to do. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. By the renewing of your mind. So you and I need to refresh our mind. We need to get into this Bible that is truth and let our mind think on things that are true. Let our mind begin to grasp the promises that God has given us. He says, you are made free from that old nature. And that we begin to say, Lord, this is mine. Now help me rise and in the power of Christ who lives in me, be greater than any other thing. And I think, and I, Lord, I just, today I just, I just at this moment believe you. I rise and believe you. And we have to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. You have to find out what renews your mind. And truth renews our mind. So we get into the Bible to find out the truth that we can have. That we can be made free from. So that little, you know, it's amazing because the more that this book is in us, we don't even understand the amazing influences that, that, uh, that we are to people. Because freedom is so attractive. It is so powerful. When people meet a free person, it is, it, it, everybody stops. Everybody looks. Everybody wants to know, what, what is that? What is that? And the powerful thing about truth and I was just, I, you know, I was just reading about um, Sarah and there came a point where, you know, in her life, late in her life, God said, I'm going to fulfill the promise. I'm going to bring life through you. I'm going to give you a son. And she laughed. And the Bible says she laughed because she was afraid. 
She laughed because she was afraid. That's too good to be true. No, 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 no. I'm not putting my faith out there because if that goes down, that's the tiny little bit of faith I have. And if that goes, I think the whole thing's going to go, including my mind. And it's amazing to me that somehow she moved from fear to faith. She had that son. She's in the Hebrews roll call of, of faith. How is a whole lifetime overturned in one moment? How is it that she could have walked a life that for most of her life, she was trying to figure out how to please God, how to help God, how not to be bitter at her husband, how not to hate Hagar. How is it that so much of her life was given to a low level type of walk with God and in a moment God overturned from fear to faith? How is it God's that gracious? How is it that God is that merciful? How is it that God is that true. I've determined to bring life through you and in you. I can do this. Do you believe me? And she believed him. Somehow she moved from fear to faith, had that life that was promised her. Beloved, we've got to do it God's way. It may look like the ugly side of, of freedom, this conflict, but it's not. It, will, it is the way that we are going to be so confident in the love of our God, the mercy of our God, and we're going to be amazing with people because of the God's ways in our heart. So I'm just going to ask you to stand with me today. Hallelujah. This... You know... This is a teaching service, and uh, I, 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 there's a bit of preach in the teach. I guess we say that to say, you know, you can't instruct your brain into freedom. You can't bring yourself to freedom by just instructing your brain. And I do believe that there is an invitation today. And that's that saying, Lord, I thank you. I have power to reckon, to count myself dead to the passions of my sin nature, my fallen nature, my Adamic nature, the one I was born with, the one that you died to save me from. And because you live in me, I'm believing you. I am convinced, Lord, that you are greater, that greater is he that is in me. Greater is he. And so, beloved, maybe you have never heard a message on reckoning yourself or counting yourself dead to sin, to what manipulates, manipulates you, what controls you. But that we would start to say, you know, I'm going to take God at his word. I mean, this sounds really easy. It might be harder to do, but this sounds really easy. You have judicially declared over my life that I am crucified with you. I am dead to these passions. And maybe I've never done that before. Maybe I've never come into agreement with you and with your word. Maybe I have never heard it in the inward parts before. But today, I am not going to risk the little bit of faith I have by stepping out and believing you. I'm going to gain the life you intended for me, which is freedom. Which is breaking the bondage of the sin that has ruled and controlled me for a long time. Because Jesus, you are that great and that good. Why the cross? That I may be free, that I may proclaim you to people desperately 
needing freedom. So my altar call is this. You may say, I have never or I have rarely ever counted myself dead to the passions of my nature. But I'm hearing you today, Lord Jesus. And you're not a man that you should lie. I want to be a person that is going to get, because I'm going to live this lifestyle, I'm going to be in this word because I have to nurture the truth. I have to renew my mind because the world will not tell me the truth. You alone will tell me the truth, the situation as it really is in the place that the devil is defeated in the place where I have freedom and that this word, this truth is continually coming to my heart and mind. So when the devil shows up, when that nature asserts itself, I have the truth and I am made free and he is defeated there. So you have rarely heard this truth. You have maybe never have this truth. And what you're saying is, Lord, I, a, I am, I'm going to believe you, Lord Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I thank you. You're giving me the power to, to be dead to sin. I am dead to sin. And I just want to read that scripture again. It says, how shall we who are dead to sin live any longer there? How shall we who are dead to sin live any longer there? And that some are just saying, you know what? My, I'm not risking my faith by believing him. I'm risking it by not and so I'm stepping out for that. And also, I would like those that say, Lord Jesus, I would like you to help me read my Bible. I want, I want to be a person, it, even if it's just a few minutes a day. I want to open this word faithfully. Because I'll tell you something, it'll start a few minutes a day, but it won't end like that. You will get a hunger for this thing. And this truth will bring light and flood your mind with light. Bring freedom to your spirit because it's the truth by which we are made free. So if you want to just come and answer as the musicians come and you are saying, I'm, I'm stepping out to believe God for breaking my bondage. Because the scripture says, how shall we who are dead to sin live that way any longer? I'm stepping out. And Lord, would you please give me a regular time in your word that I may nurture the truth and not be in bondage any longer. Those that have come forward or those that are hearing this message, you're not making a promise to God, you know. You're not saying, okay, this time, this time, God, I'm really going to believe you. No. You know what? You're coming into agreement that you may get in a fight, there may be cuts, there may be wounds. You may fall down, but you will not be defeated. That's what that means. That means a fight is a fight, but you will not be defeated. A fight is a fight, but you will be covered. A fight is a fight, but you will be forgiven. A fight is a fight, but grace will be given you to get back up. 
those that have come to the front have come into agreement that God is good. God died for me. God forgave me. And that's why I can say I am dead to sin because he died for me. It's not me making promises to God. It's me coming into agreement with the word that says I am dead to this sin. So come on, devil. There may be a fight, but I want to remind you, you are a defeated enemy, appointed for defeat. Hell is where you go. Heaven is where I go. You and I can get fighting mad in that sense because we all have a sin nature and we all know and don't pretend like you don't. We have a sin nature, but we're in a fight that we win because he is good, because he's already determined to forgive us, because he's in, we're engraved in his hand, but he lives in us. He lives in us so we're not going down to defeat we may get a fight and there may be some scratches but we will not ultimately lose so we can risk it all because we don't lose the fight risk it all some of you you're still stuck in your seats thinking you know I really want to but I don't know I don't know it wins every time I don't know if I can step out in faith you're stepping out into a victory promised you in Christ step out and risk it I don't know how God's going to move you from faith to fear, but if he did it for Sarah, if he did it for me, I'm telling you, he'll do it for you. Praise God. Father, we thank you for the victory that is ours today. I thank you, God, for victory at this altar, victory in every heart, Lord, that is looking for victory and freedom. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, for your word today, which is a light for our feet and a lamp for our path. God, we thank you for it with all of our heart. Lord, you send your word and you heal us. That's what scripture tells us. So thank you for healing in lives today and minds and practices, oh God. Thank you, Lord, for setting us free as your people from those things of the flesh, God, that would want to rise up and gain dominion again. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us the power to tread on the head of the serpent. God, we give you the praise and the glory, Lord, that we live on the victory side already because of you, because of your victory. Now help us, Lord, to enter into that victory. Help everyone here to enter into that victory by faith and by faith alone. God Almighty, you have given us life. You have declared us alive. You are lighting a testimony, God, in us and through us, Lord, to the world of who you are. And so, Father, we thank you, God. We thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for what you're doing, Lord, in our midst. We give you the praise and the glory, Lord God, for not abandoning any of us in our struggle. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for being faithful, God, to us, Lord, and keeping us, Lord, as the center of your heart and your eye. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, my God, for what you're about to do in the future through every one of our lives, Lord, for those that you will touch through us, Lord. God, for we know we are not perfect in ourselves, but we have the perfected one in us, oh God. And Lord, we bring you, Lord. We let you bring yourself through us, God, to this dying world all around us. Thank you for great, great victory. Great victory, great victory, Lord, in this service today. We give you the praise and the glory. God, we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah.